Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 238. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is BT Calloway. Uh, hoi hoi. And joining us all the way over from the United States, returning guest, Mia Moore. I am the Lizard Queen. Is that what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> I knew it. Oh, she admitted we it. We knew it was someone we knew. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Great. And yeah, thank you for joining us once again for the Simpsons Index. Uh, this is a podcast that reviews Simpsons. Uh, we used to review old ones, but we pretty well caught up. And now we're just reviewing the new <laughs> shit. Even this episode, mm-hmm. which is like 13 or something years yeah. old at this point. In brackets, no. Yeah. <laughs> Relative new. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we hook into the episode review today, Mia, we like to ask our returning guests, where are you at with The Simpsons these days? Are you checking out new episodes? Do you still regularly return to the old ones? Yeah, were you, in, were you inspired from your last time on the show to be like, I'm going to stick with this, this Simpsons now? <laughs> Well, yeah, I've always loved The Simpsons. When I was a kid, it was a very rebellious thing for me to watch it because I wasn't allowed to. And I I just said, fuck this. And I, Mm. you know, that was like, it was so formative to my comedy upbringing. Lately, Mm. I actually have been watching a lot of classic episodes because I've been showing them to friends. And like, for some reason, people who like are almost 30 don't know The Simpsons. And that's so bizarre to me that I'll show, I'll introduce a 28 year old person to The Simpsons and they just don't know. So yeah, I've been showing it to friends and people will just be like, man, this explains so much about you. <laughs> Both The Simpsons and and Malcolm in the Middle, I showed to my roommates and they were like, mm. wow, this is just you. You're just yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it just, it's such a yeah. great show. I still just absolutely adore The Simpsons. And, uh, you know, I haven't stayed current or up to date or anything like that, but I'll put on some classic episodes sometimes when I'm feeling down. I don't put on any new episodes when you're feeling down. Like I watched recently the episode where uh, Lisa meets Bleeding Gums Murphy's son because, like the the original Bleeding Gums Murphy's episodes mm. were two of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons, mm. and it was fine. It was cool. It's cool that they got like a deaf actor to oh. play that part, um, to play yeah. the part of like Bleeding Gums Murphy's son, but it was just fine, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. You've seen an episode that I haven't seen. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's difficult. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe I'm the biggest Simpsons fan here. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just such a poser I'm, tool. I'm commandeering your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's interesting that you say, yeah, you're introducing Simpsons to uh, people that haven't seen it. But I guess we are getting to that point where people mm. grew up without the whole three television station, you know, limitation. And, you know, there are options and... Because I don't know what it was like for America, but we just got Simpsons every night at six o'clock. And, you know, that became our religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, like in high school, it was very like I sort of did it as like a form of rebellion. Like my mom was like, you're not Mm. allowed to watch Family Guy or South Park or The Simpsons. Yeah. Mm. And I watched all three and I was like, these other two fucking suck. Like The Simpsons is the only good one of the ones I'm not allowed to watch. (laughs) And so I would just like buy the seasons on DVD, you know, and watch like season six. I've probably seen like. 30 times because i just watched that one whatever i had on dvd over and over and over again and so it's funny to meet people who like had this whole plethora of things to watch and they're like all they saw when they were a kid was like one episode from season 22 and they were like why would i 
continue. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a fair call to make. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, let's hook into this one anyway, which was from season 21. This is episode 10, Once Upon a Time in Springfield. First released in January of 2010, it was directed by Matthew Nastark, written by Stephanie Gillis. In this episode, Krusty gets a new sidekick on the show, Princess Penelope, who is a fan favourite and dominates the airwaves, and he goes to confront her, and then she professes her love to him, and then they get married. (sighs) And then in the B story, another nuclear plant tries to court Homer, Lenny, and Carl, and then successfully does, but then they go back because donuts. Hey guys, what do you think? So, I have a really busy week this week and I had to watch this episode on Tuesday and this is going to be one of those ones where I'm like, what the hell does that note mean? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it it left the brain quite quickly. And, yeah. Uh, so, this is going to be interesting. How about you, Mia? Yeah, it, it was definitely a bit of a slog. It just felt like watching a bunch of 40-year-old men complaining about their 8-year-old daughters for... 22 minutes you know like this was so clearly i know that the writer of this episode was a woman but like Mm -hmm. man whoever made this really hates media made for eight-year-old girls for some reason (laughs) yeah it seems angry without a real fucking point or target like yeah it's not making any insightful commentary except just a blanket uh girl stuff yeah and it's and it's bizarre because it's like well if you were to say crusty gets a new co-host that's sort of like Mm. more modern or appeals to a different audience than he does and it's a female co-host that appeals to young girls and crusty doesn't get it you should make her funny Mm. yeah like you should make her very very a lot funnier than crusty right it should have been like a sarah silverman type that goes on to crusty's show and starts like talking about the patriarchy or just like making like girly jokes that like Lisa and all of her friends would like and Krusty doesn't get it, but she's better than him. And instead they bring on somebody who's so intensely unfunny. All of the songs mm. that she sings in this episode are not good or funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Famous stand-up comedian Anne Hathaway, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like the show is on the side of Krusty in this situation of saying like, this stinks. Yeah. She's just singing songs and not being funny. And I'm like, yeah. You're right, because you wrote her to do that. Why did you do that? <laughs> like, there are funny women on The Simpsons. You would think that they would know how to write a, a new funny female character, but they just didn't try no. very hard, I guess. I don't know if this necessarily has, like, a hatred for girls' media. I think it just was the easiest, laziest solution. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, he gets a new character, so he doesn't like her. Uh, it's a princess. Whatever. And then what happens? I don't know. She's actually in love with him. Okay, then what happens? I guess they get married and then they don't, but then they do. All right, goodbye. Yeah, and she never returns again. Like, yeah, oh, look, I mean, yeah, j- just to, no, of course not, because you, you you just stole my. What would you like to? What stood out to you for better or worse in this episode? And I was going to be all excited about the fact that Anne Hathaway had finally joined the cast of The Simpsons permanently, <laughs> and we would, and we were definitely going to see this character again and be all like sarcastic about it, and you just ruined my whole bit, right. Elliot. What, so why don't I just go back to bed? Oh. It's so bizarre too because you would think that there would be another episode where she would come on the show and she and Krusty would get divorced or something like that. And I guess that we're just supposed to assume that they got divorced because he's been divorced 12 times before. But you would mm. think that there would be another episode where there would be like a throwaway line about like, ah, oh, when I was with yeah. Princess Penelope, it didn't work out because she went goblin mode or whatever the fuck it is. Mm. Nothing. And she's never mentioned again. Well, apparently, yeah. she gets a mention in the episode Lona Lisa and then like she gets seen in a couch gag and an outro after that. So she's 
they almost kept her around. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't actually do anything. Um, I didn't know that either. I was like, okay, well, that was one and done. Yeah, like, why make it a thing at the end that they do get back together, if not, yeah, to yeah, no. at least have it yeah. as a story element to sequelize later, yeah. Yeah, why reset to zero if you then add one to that zero? Yeah. Like, it's, it's Well, weird. and I, I mean, and it's bizarre to be talking about, like, the autonomy of Princess Penelope on The Simpsons or whatever, but, like, this episode sets up a premise where it's just like, all right, so Princess Penelope is in love with Krusty because she's been watching him since she was a 12-year-old girl. Krusty calls it off and doesn't marry her, but not because it's like a weird parasocial thing or because he feels guilty for essentially grooming this woman, but more Mm. just because he is afraid that he's going to divorce her. But she's still like desperately obsessed with him in that situation. Like she's not only not a human being, but she's not even like she doesn't have the depth of even a Simpsons character, you know? Mm. No, it's an absolute cop out of a cop out. And yeah, just... It's strange. Totally not servicing this character, right? And and yeah, the weird thing is, this is actually Anne Hathaway's second Simpsons appearance. She was in uh, an episode the previous season, in season 20, called The Good, The Bad, and The Drugly. And that was yeah. actually an episode we quite liked. Yeah. What was her role in that? Uh, she was playing uh, Bart's girlfriend, who she he starts seeing instead of seeing Milhouse at his home because he was suspended for something that Bart did. Okay. So, so she yeah. was like a pretty big part of the episode. She wasn't like a one throwaway line or something like that. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. One of, one of Bart's many lost romances. loves and yeah, yeah. failed romances. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so bizarre that she won an like an Emmy for this episode. Did and I'm she? like, what no, did she? Up. Yeah, she won an Emmy for voice acting in this episode. And I'm so confused because like she's not allowed to be funny. I know that Anne Hathaway can be funny. I love her in Colossal. She's mm. that was a great movie. She can be a very likable, funny actress. And it's just bizarre not to give her any jokes to tell. I guess that she won an Emmy because she sang Moon River real good. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, her performance in a bubble, like, fine. Hmm. But, yeah. like, yeah. it wasn't a huge stretch. It, like, it's lovely singing voice and decent New york accent, I guess she was going for. Yeah, I have um, no idea yeah. what that was. I guess that was a joke that she's like a Disney princess that sings like a Disney princess and has a stage voice like a Disney princess and then sounds like she's from New Jersey. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like a funny joke, but it is an attempt at a joke, I guess. <laughs> it's a something, yeah. Strange. Yeah, an attempt at a joke. This is kind of a summary of this whole episode. Because, um, <laughs> all right, le- yeah, let's hook into the questionnaire. And I'm going to say my moment for better or worse that stood out to me was the only time that I had a laugh out loud moment was when they're doing the harnesses and the ropes and making Princess Penelope fly on the thing, and then they mm-hmm. lift the fake unicorn horse thing up. That was the only time I laughed in that, and I'm just like, ha animal cruelty and entertainment. That was okay. Um, how about you, Mia? Uh, do you have a moment that stands out for better or worse from this one? Yes. I absolutely loved the Gary Larson joke, where yeah? they just, like, they introduce mm-hmm. Gary Larson, the comic artist from Farside, and they introduce him as just like a guest voice. And he comes in and he just boringly talks about like, yeah, I was I did the far side for like 20 seconds. And then they're like, draw us up a comic. And he draws a comic that Homer and his friends all get to laugh at, but they don't show us what the comic is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a hysterical bit to bring in Gary Larson as a boring voice, but not to show us the comic he could have drawn. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. No, and the, uh, what was Homer's line? Uh, line certainly wouldn't want to see that on an X-ray. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what did what did he draw? Oh, Larson. <laughs> you can just imagine. <laughs> 
Yeah, why didn't they give him the Emmy for Outstanding Guest Voice? <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird non-secretor. Um, how about you, BT? What stands out to you, for better or worse? Look, to just use a backup one I had, and you know what? It's an actual positive. I like, in the very beginning, there's a joke from, well, there's a bit from Marge where she goes, oh, real humour comes from people being nice to one another. I'm like, that's such a very vintage Marge line. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, that- I enjoyed that. Lemonade? please (laughs) that was kind of part of the thing that bothered me about this episode was that like not only was penelope not really allowed to be funny but also it like looks down so much on on women's sensibilities of what is funny like Mm. the entire episode is just lisa being like i like unicorns i don't like funny things and marge being like i don't Mm. like it when people are mean to each other i only like when people are nice to each other that's funny and i'm like you know that women are allowed to be like sardonic and angry too right like Mm. I don't know, man. It just it sort of reeked. I'm sorry to be on a pedestal about this. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally with you because, like, we don't get a sense of why this show appeals to Lisa. And if they're going to say it's like... Mm. Because we've gotten a sense of that before where Lisa, you know, she likes provocative entertainment and stuff like that. But also she likes horses and Malibu yeah. Stacy, and, like, yeah. she deals with that. But this mm. episode doesn't. And, like, if there was any of Lisa trying to stand up for this entertainment while Bart was trying to sabotage it, like, maybe we could have gotten more of a sense of why this is so appealing, but... It's just toothless, yeah. Yeah, well, it's ultimately pointless because that's not the plot line. It's just there. But uh, I originally thought the opposite was going to happen because, you know, Princess Penelope comes on stage and then Lisa looks up from whatever book she's reading. I thought, okay, this is going to be the plot. Bart's going to hate it because it's, you know, girly and it's distracting from Krusty. And Lisa's going to hate it because it's, you know, this very lowest common denominator. You like princesses and unicorns, don't you, little girl? Right. Uh, but then the opposite happens. I was like, oh, okay. So for a while I thought, okay, we're in a story of them wanting to both take it down but for different reasons that'll be interesting like it's not it's not that we've never seen lisa enjoy typically girly things before but it is few and far between and but ultimately it just wasn't the point of the episode anyway it didn't matter it was just like oh, okay and lisa really likes it and but that's not what we're talking about it's like oh uh, then what are we talking about mm. where's your right. conflict your well, essence of drama it's, <laughs> it's also just funny to set up a dichotomy of like Girls like cute things. Boys like funny things. That's that's mm. all that exists. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know. I feel like today cartoons for kids are a little bit more like gender neutral and they're allowed to be like cute and funny at the same time. Mm. And to be all of these things. I don't know. It's it's a very 2009 sentiment. Oh, it, it, even earlier, I'd say it feels yeah stuck in the past and like, yeah, really just relentlessly, boringly binary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I could have accepted its relentlessly binary ideas if there was at least a plot it was going to, but there isn't. Yeah. It's just, you know, you know, Penelope and Krusty don't get along, but then they do get along, and then it ends, mm. right? But then yeah. what was your story? It really doesn't feel like a full episode. Like, we got to the end of the episode, and Krusty goes and finds Penelope in, in Paris, and he gets mm. her back. I literally thought to myself, just like, that's a great second act break. I wonder where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just credits start rolling. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's not a full story. Like, wow. No. And, and it's, it's so bizarre. And muddying the waters further is, yeah, wasting the time with this B story, which just feels mm. wholly pointless. Like, was that a donut pun? <laughs> uh, it is now. <laughs> 
Dull. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and the obvious, like, plot point of, like, oh, the other nuclear power plant is nefarious or sort of worse in other ways. It's just like, oh, no, mm. no, they're actually really good and they have fucking an amazing healthcare plan for their workers and stuff. And they have Gary yeah. Larson on staff. But, yeah. but Mr. Burns got a different kind of donut. Mm. It's like, cool. Also, like, okay, might that might lure Homer, but why Lenny and Carl? Yeah. They clearly don't have the donut obsession. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I did think it was funny because I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately. And there's so many episodes throughout the years that are just like, The Simpsons get a computer. Or the mm. Simpsons get a cell phone for the first time. And you can kind of just like chart the trajectory of, of technology it goes as it goes mm. along. And so yeah. it's so funny that this episode's version of that is like, Marge gets an air fryer. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was like a thing for a hot minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But it's so funny that there was a time when the Simpsons were just like a computer. What? The internet? That's for nerds. What I would never. Wacky nonsense is going to happen from this. <laughs> yeah. One of the episodes that actually like um, really highlights that is when Marge is like, uh, and as a punishment, but I'm going to wipe the yeah. memory saves off your PlayStation 2 or whatever. And he's like, what? How do you know about that? <laughs> She's like, a mother knows and... <laughs> Pulls up a magazine that's like modern punishments and the mother yeah. on the cover's about to blend an iPod. <laughs> yeah, I'll delete the custom ringtones from yourself. Ah, oh, that's like, right. That's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was genuine. Ah, oh, it was, yeah, from memory from a pretty lackluster episode, but it was a good bit. That's the kind of funny thing is that like my introduction to The Simpsons was in part the first 10 seasons on DVD, but also like I had like season 18 or something like that on my Zune back in the day. And oh, so I have Zune. a weird a weird fondness for just that one season where Bart becomes a drummer and they like sideshow Bob goes to Italy. Mm -hmm. Like all of those episodes, I'm like, those are good, even though I know technically they are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. All right. So yeah, we like to talk about with the Simpsons, you know, the two pillars that hold the show up, the wackiness and the heart. So first of all, how was the wackiness in this episode? Was it a particularly cartoony episode of this cartoon? Uh, I have one note of whack, which is when... Burns' skull like deflates and then he reinflates uh, it or something. No, didn't um, like that. <laughs> no. Um, he indents his head like via massaging his temples and then reinflates yeah. himself by holding his nose and blowing. Oh. Yeah, fun. Um, that's my only real note. Uh, yeah, this episode wasn't particularly wacky. I guess the part where they like lift the horse up by a bunch of ropes, that was kind of wacky, but not, not in like a great way <laughs> that made me smile or laugh or anything. No, and like, yeah, that's sort of leading to a problem about the Princess Penelope sections as well, is I thought they actually looked pretty drab. Like, I don't know, mm. there was just something about the colouring that it wasn't that exciting or whatever. And then, yeah, you were saying before production-wise, Mia, yeah, all the songs were just nothing. Like, yeah, mm. the lyrics, there was nothing to them. And then especially yeah. when Krusty gets involved and turns it into the uh, smoochy-poochie love hour or whatever they fucking yeah. call it. It, yeah nothing there either and it's so it's so bizarrely drab because it's like i don't know disney princess songs are good and catchy and very like mm. musically potent as a hook there's you something know to them, so, yeah. so you would think that this would have like a catchy song and i mm. guess moon river was that like i'm thinking about moon river right now but like that's more yeah. breakfast at tiffany's than the simpsons <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yeah, a song from the 50s or whatever it was. That's the yeah. most relevant one they have. Now, even thinking about it now, like a lot of the lyrics in her songs are very, you know, you're wonderful and everyone is a princess inside, which is a bit, you know, boring. 
but at least if at least I had the reaction of, huh, no one's ever told me that before. Krusty usually just says you're a part of the audience, now sit down, or something like that. Yeah, totally. there could have been um, something to that. That yeah, she was building up confidence, yeah. Yeah, something to grip onto in the concept. Yeah, because they kind of set that up with Krusty being like, give me back all the toys and stock bonds yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that we gave you through the episode. And it then... seemed like the episode was more on Krusty's side of like, this is stupid and you should be annoyed by this. Instead of like mm. giving mm. us a reason to like root for that or to see why she's like more modern or more interesting for women than Krusty is. Yeah. But no, it's just sort of like these young girls are being brainwashed by the stupid shit. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. well, <laughs> I guess that you have an eight year old daughter and you're annoyed. Okay. Cause she likes yeah. my little pony. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but friendship is magic. God damn it. Yeah. Better that than a cynical sellout. Like, yeah. Like you could keep, <laughs> even keep the same songs, but just have it be, oh, getting a degree of confidence from it yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, disappointing in this episode that, yeah, we got nothing cartoony to talk about. Like, I mm. suppose besides the Homer and Lenny and Carl going through the nuclear plant thing, but, I mean, what's the cartoony joke here? Oh, they're getting a massage and sushi at the same time? Ha, huh, hilarious. What a life. I liked when Princess Penelope looked down in the water and she thought Krusty was standing next to her, but he fell off the boat and he was just, yeah, like, yeah. floating in the water. That was funny. Like, that not a bad misdirect. Well, yeah, on the other side of it, how was the heart in this episode? This lovey-dovey, crusty gets married episode. How'd we... Yeah, move, nope. move, move along. <laughs> Massive move along. thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down from me or move along from BT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, again, it's there in the sense that they mention it, but you at no point feel it whatsoever. Like... No, and you were right before me. It, it does become this fucking weird parasocial grooming angle as well when you consider it. All the facts objectively yeah. here. Yeah, and it's not something that I want to hark on for a long time because that's like gross to fucking talk about. But like you would think that mm. if the episode was like Krusty's new wife has been a fan of him since she was 12 years old and she does not see his flaws because she's been obsessed with him mm. since she was 12 years old. And it's like, man, maybe if you're going to like talk about that, there's something else to talk about here. Or you yeah. could just not talk about that or make that the plot of the episode that he's dating a woman that's 40 years younger than him because that's uncool no and yeah that she's just got no autonomy as well and like even in the face of nothing to do (laughs) not even like autonomy in the sense of actions that have impact but from that point on she's just there yeah yeah and and the way that she talks about it where she sees his apparent flaws that everybody's pointing out to her and she's like i don't care about this at all and i'm like wow Mm. she is actually brainwashed or she's fucking with him like she could be yeah. trying to marry him yeah. for something but no the episode's just like they're really in love and you'll never see her again goodbye yeah and that like they hadn't had like a meeting before this mm. moment where he's like now see here missy and then she's like i love you and it's like wait i'm getting the sense here that this is the first time they've like talked outside yeah. doing <laughs> a couple of episodes of this show at this point Co-stars never talk to each other, Elliot. That's why we don't associate outside of this show. That's true. And and we've managed to keep this podcast going for six years now, thanks to that. <laughs> yes. Separating professional and personal life is very important. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting so professional. <laughs> but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving them like themselves? Is the show behaving like itself? What do we reckon about the integrity? Uh, well, there is a very big integrity break I immediately wrote down, which is that Mr. Burns does not beg, ever. Mm. The only time he's ever come close is to have Smithers run forward and do it for him. Yeah. So the fact that he stops, to stop Homer, Lenny, and Carl, 
of all people, and that's the people he drops to his knees to beg. And like, no, he would not care. He would get rid of them. Unless there's a reason he needs them specifically, which there isn't. For the tug of like, war competition. Yeah. Did hmm? you even watch the oh, episode, yeah. BT? <laughs> Day, days ago, and it's barely in my brain. <laughs> They're the heart of the tug of war team. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, all is forgiven. Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did lie before. I did laugh at that joke as well. Just mm. a very pathetic reasoning for yeah them to bring him back. And but yeah, it's not enough to have Mister Burns drop on hands and knees. Like yeah. Yeah, I I would say the characterization it's fine. Like Homer likes donuts. Mm. Bart likes crusty. Lisa mm, likes yeah. ponies. That's fine. <laughs> Well, yeah. it is a massive reduction in Lisa's character as well, where, yeah, we don't have that more intellectual side of her, like, mm. and it's not a point, like, it's it's a real dulling down of her character in this one. Yeah. I mean, there are happy ones where she gets to indulge in that sometimes, but they're just, if something else was happening, that would be okay, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, like, has Lisa been Lisa in the last 15 years? Because my interpretation <laughs> of her these days is like, I used to be Lisa Simpson, and now Lisa Simpson is the person they bring in to, like, justify having a white man play an Indian person racial stereotype. Yeah. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? I mean, not without good reason. Why, why would I do this? <laughs> There's no way I'm ever going to watch this episode again. <laughs> not entering the rotation in amongst, yeah. like, Homer the Clown and... <laughs> no. Yeah, if I've been given a unique poison in which I need to hear Anne Hathaway's voice... Mm. In that case, in order to survive, yes. Um, oh my god, it's just clicked. Um, Anne Hathaway and Eartha Kitt, the other guest star in this episode, both Catwomen. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't Neat. think she was a Catwoman by this stage in 2010 no. yet, either. No. No, oh. not yet. Simpsons predicted it, oh my god. There we go. <laughs> but, ah, oh, looking forward to this one. What would you like to change? Uh, Mia, we'll start with you. What would you like to change about this episode? Can it be salvaged? Yeah, I think that I kind of laid it out earlier. I feel like Penelope could have been an interesting character if they introduced somebody that had like a lot of integrity and that was funnier than Krusty in ways that he couldn't account for. Like yep. she was more modern. She had she was able to like skewer social structures that Krusty can't skewer because he is the establishment. Mm. If she was literally just funny at all and the the show had something to say about Krusty being an outdated piece of shit. That could have been interesting and fun. Mm. Or even the Disney princess thing could have been fun if they had given her jokes to tell. But they didn't do that. So that's what I would have changed. How about you, BT? I mean, just give it a point. That's really... You can even keep the plot line they have that we don't really like all that much if something happens. Because <laughs> everything just resolves the second someone does anything mm. like the second crusty talks to this woman oh no i'm actually in love with you oh i don't want to get rid of you anymore let's have a show together and they do and it's fine like bart doesn't like it but he's still watching it so it's not like yeah. their ratings going it's not like there's a conflict of we know you love each other but you're tanking your show so hard everyone's tuning out you need to do something and then maybe they fake drama and then maybe that fake drama becomes real drama i don't know that's but that's a thing that can happen and I think that's just, just really well illustrated by the fact that, you know, they get married, but then they don't. But then they do. It's like, then why? Then why mm. do any of it? Even, like that fourth extra act in Paris is so utterly pointless. It's like, this is just here to fill time because you realize the script was short. Even the moment of integrity when Krusty realizes every marriage I've had has ruined the person I married. I'm not going to do that to this person. 
at least that's something. That's a character moment. And then you could have a bit after that about how they're dealing with it or, I don't know, anything. But everything is just resolved the second anyone tries to resolve it. And then it just keeps going until it's over. Mm. And that's it. There's no moments of, you know, conflict or interest or story or character or anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was sort of, yeah, inspired by a talk like... I like the idea that you had Mia of like, yeah, having her actually be a comedian and being mm. like challenging Krusty's audience and whatever. And like the idea that Krusty's just sort of this, yeah, cynical sellout is something worth exploring that maybe she has a lot more passion for this work and it's mm. coming through and it's engaging an audience that like he wasn't, that sort of seemed to only be there f- because historically, once Krusty was good, and then you can have a meta commentary on The Simpsons as well. And like <laughs> the idea that bring in new voices and new opinions and whatever, and not fucking holding on to the establishment with an iron grip. You know, it's a good thing mm-hmm. to explore change and whatever. Yeah, it, it could have been so much more in that way. And just taking it to the point of marriage was just so lazy writing-wise. It's like, mm. yeah, have it explored what the show then looks like if she is dating Krusty and how it tones down her work and then oh, yeah. um, has the importance then on Krusty, who's like now enjoying the revitalized audience because they're here for her but they're also kind of leaving because of him like Mm. i think there's so much more to explore there yeah or even just have it you know how bad your show is when you're happy crusty it's terrible (laughs) sure right exactly or even if she is good as like a good entertainer that cares about things and then when she gets with crusty in a romantic way she just becomes lazy and bad like he is like literally anything could have been more interesting than what we got i think Being like, no, you don't need to do these. You can take these shortcuts. No one's really yeah. going to notice. It's fine. Starts treating the audience like shit. And also, you'd still yeah. have the same point of I'm being with me is dragging you down. Absolutely. Uh, you, yeah. Then it's a star is born. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess Krusty hangs himself. I don't know. Oh, That's Jesus. what happens in a star is yeah, born. Just <laughs> banana cream pies himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we are here. Yeah. Now it's time for our final notes. Now it's time, and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. Ah, still sounding. That's a a song with a message, (laughs) and it's something the kids can relate to. Uh, Do you have any other final notes about this episode you want to mention, Mia, before we move on to the rankings? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny when Krusty started making lame, middle-aged, cynical man humor about his writer's room being like their fingers are fresh with ink off the back of their BAs and then his room full of eight-year-olds starts cracking up. Like, that was kind of funny. Mm. But Yeah, that another one of, uh, if my writers knew how to talk to girls, they wouldn't be writers. And I went, ha-ha, out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BT. All right. Um, I, it feels like we got an off-brand Lindsay Nagel. Which yeah. Like, not her usual character model, but it sounds very much the voice. That was definitely so. Tress McNeil, yeah. Yeah, so that was weird. I don't know why they did that. Because... Um, Lindsay Nagel is like, she's like Gil in that way. It's just whatever job they need, you know, mm. corporate speak woman yeah. for, Lindsay's there. Like, yeah. why wasn't and it anyway? I, I really like Lindsay Nagel as a character. So, yeah, kind of weird that they just didn't have the same character model. Why design a new one? That's mm. actually more work. Anyway, 
a line I like is when they're in the bar and the guy trying to recruit Homer and the other other guys is like, "Oh, let me buy you around." And Murray was like, "But I know I've heard that before. Let me check." And he looks at the bar bartender's guy and he's like, "Oh, buy around. Oh, this is very good for me. This is very good for me." Like I I like that. Oh, uh, so lame. It's in that school, and this is a classic from a classic era episode where. It's just too stupid where Mo goes, gin and tonic? Do they mix? Those like, mix. <laughs> come on. That's too yeah. silly. Uh, there's a quick back and forth between Homer and Bart where Bart's like, hell no. And Homer's like, what's your language? Why the hell not? Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, again, a cheap gin sandwich makes an appearance here. Cheap gin so, sandwich. Crusty just pours gin onto a bread and puts it together as a sandwich and eats it. I got a chuckle out of that. Yeah, we're not putting that on the sandwich index. No, no. <laughs> no, we already have a sandwich that's just a lot of drugs. So, oh yeah, thanks, Tom. <laughs> yes, Ralph just yells, "I'm a Star Wars." I forget the context, but um, Ralph yelling, "I'm a Star Wars." That was that's one okay. where I was like, "Oh, that's from this episode." I swear that's like was that's older. like anyway. That's like an old old joke though from The Simpsons. I'm pretty sure there's an episode where like Rod or Todd like tapes a paper plate onto his face that marge had made for him and he's like i'm a star wars and they did it again here which is fine i like that joke bring it back who cares (laughs) yeah no it's just an interesting thing where it's the same voice actor or a similar voice anyway Mm. but not the same character (laughs) interesting Uh, there we go it was an old one Mm. and uh that is all my notes Uh, What, what about what you got i think that's it oh yeah the couch gag we get to see all the simpsons family as little cums that's fun that <laughs> then keep splitting and subdividing and turn into mr burns i don't know science but i don't think this is how that works no i had the same i'm like pretty sure that's not how that mm. happens like the cells divide within but not the egg itself would divide so like i said I, right in science <laughs> Oh, yeah, and the episode ends with a title card of thank you for 20 wonderful years. The best is yet to come. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Your guys' favorite Simpsons episode is from season 29, right? <laughs> for sure, it's from the last five years. <laughs> that's that's a clever joke because the episode, the couch gag began with come and then the final frame of oh, the episode geez. had the word regular. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's bookending the episodes. Also, oh, it's actually quickly... very clever. Four stars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, <laughs> why the title? Why is this Once Upon a Time in Spring? I guess because she's a fit princess and it's Once Upon a Time, I guess. Yeah, I think this was way before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a movie that I still have not seen. Mm. Mm. It's fine. I, did... I watched yeah, it recently. I did not care it's... for it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones where I sort of saw the runtime and I was like, Ugh, I'm already exhausted. <laughs> See, I'm ready for like a long movie and I'm down for a chill out movie too, but there's just so many better chill out movies than Once Upon a mm. Time in Hollywood, you know? Well, I think that must mean it's time to rank this thing. So on the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just, eh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got okay bronze, good silver, excellent gold, and for the best of the very best, you give cubic zirconia. I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. Yeah, look, this is a participant. I could almost be argued into, like, a failure because it's so goddamn boring that, and it's got so little to say that it didn't, it definitely failed in a lot of respects, but, like, ultimately, I am going to forget the fuck out of this. Like, mm-hmm. I watched it last night and I got up a, a little earlier for this record to watch it again because 
my notes just really didn't help me. I fucking this one left my brain. I don't know how you kept it in yeah. after two days, BT. Uh, having said that, what would you like to rank it? Oh, it's very simple. I tattooed it onto my my notes onto my body, um, memento style. Oh, nice. Yeah, very painful, but worth it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to participate as well with the exact same sentiment. I could be talked into a failure, but I just don't care enough to hate it. That said, it's coherent. It's got like a like possibly the lazy well. The first idea that came to anyone's head is the direction every plot point goes to. But that said, at least I know what's going on and I'm not sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? Mm. I'm just like, okay, (laughs) and then this, and then this, okay. You're just like, why did it happen though? (laughs) Yes, why did it not be more interesting? So look, it, it might even be that rare situation of a participant being worse than a failure because at least I care about a failure enough to hate it. Whereas this, yeah, is gonna leave the brain and be gone. Mia, please finish it off. Yeah, this is entirely a participant. Like, a failure of a Simpsons episode is one that is just structurally so broken, or it just breaks the characters, or it's, yeah. like, actually downright, like, offensive or hurtful to, I don't know, like, the episode, that incredibly transphobic one where, like, Patty or Selma was mm. marrying a woman who turned out to be a man pretending to be a woman, whatever. This isn't that. This is just fine. It's nothing. It's a participant. <laughs> All right. Well, unanimous participant. Yay, we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mia, thank you so much for joining us today. Sorry about the episode, but <laughs> that's what yeah. it's like reviewing New Simpsons. Glad to have you on anyway. Yeah. I mean, I picked it. It's my fault. So I'm sorry about the episode. <laughs> Out of a list of like 120 fucking, here's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, here's Anne Hathaway. That's probably good. Oh, okay. I guess not. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't show you the other Anne Hathaway one, but yeah, season 20 is the good, the sad, and the druggly. I do recommend that, Mm. the other Anne Hathaway. But you've got a fair bit going on right now. What's happening in Mia World? So right now I'm actually running a crowdfund on Indiegogo because this summer I am directing and producing my first feature film. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I wrote it. I am directing and producing and... It's amazing. I'm going to co-direct it with another trans woman and it stars trans women in like a sci-fi movie. And I think that's pretty important right now. Mm. So the film is called Again Again. It's about a woman who spent 10 years inside of a Groundhog's Day style time loop, reliving the same day Mm -hmm. over and over again. And immediately on like scene one, we pick up with her exiting the time loop and the film follows her going back into like the normal world and having to readjust Mm. and acclimate to that. It's an interesting premise because, yeah, there have been plenty of time loop stories, but none that I can think of that talk about the aftermath of that. So, yeah, I'm curious. So we're trying to crowdfund about $80,000. Right now we've got about 45. So I think that we're going to make it. And uh, you can find us probably in the show notes for this episode. Definitely. But also you could Google Indiegogo again, again, film, and it'll come up. And I'd appreciate the contributions. I was going to say, was your... Search engine engine optimization bad on that. It's like, again, again, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly. not going to pop when anyone Googles it. <laughs> I know. But that's what I chose. So that's the film. <laughs> no, we learned all about that with our other podcast, uh, Thrones of Game, where we reviewed Game of Thrones backwards. And it was like, oh, mm. people can't find us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that just made us like underground, man. We yeah. were cool that way. <laughs> but no, yeah, we'll put all the uh, links in the show notes. And I'll also include a link to the trailer, which was uh, very provocative. I really liked the mood and setting that you, you made with that. That was really wonderful. Thank you. And yeah, that little teaser trailer I shot in an afternoon. We edited it in an afternoon. For, you know, no money. I didn't have a camera person. I was just setting up my cell phone and just like shooting a tone poem. And Mm -hmm. the film is going to be, you know, a $100,000 production with 
really fantastic actors and an incredible DP. And um, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, no, excited to yeah see the finished product and that. So yeah, mm-hmm. everyone out there, go uh, support that and check that out. I, I hope that Again Again is going to lead to like bigger and better things down the line, you know, because I just want to make movies for the rest of my life, you know? I want to yeah. tell cool stories and have fun. <laughs> uh, I, I want you to as well. And yeah, yeah, we'll support you every step of the way, Mia. Yeah, absolutely love your work. I appreciate that. Thank you. No worries. And yeah, I'm also on Twitter at Stop Tweeting Mia, or you can follow the Again Again Twitter account at Mia More Movies on Twitter. Wonderful. And yeah, once again, we'll put all the uh, links in the mm-hmm. show notes, including BT. What else are we up to? Well, seeing as you're already on the internet and feeling generous, you can go to patreon.com slash sidequeststudios, which is the blanket umbrella, which is the same thing twice, I don't know why I said it, for everything that we do here at SideQuest Studios, where you can, and if you sign up today for as little as $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month, you get access to over 100 episodes of podcasts that's right so much entertainment for so little money what are you waiting for you fools <laughs> so, so uh, yeah over there we're doing a lot of simpsons focused content catching up bt on the episodes that we reviewed when he was not there yep. like the first time you were on a, our podcast now but yeah we're also reviewing movies that star the cast of the simpsons so yes it has been a wild mixed bag. Yeah, and one of the Patreon perks is you get to suggest what movies we do, and we've just had some outside choices that we never would have mm-hmm. considered, but done things like 98 Godzilla, the yep. Twilight Zone movie. Um, Mia, can you think of any movie starring the cast of The Simpsons off the top of your head? Or Yeah, I just watched the Super Mario Bros. movie the other day, and yep. that has, I believe, well, Frank Welker also, but I think Hank Azaria in it. Yep. Yep. Oh no no no! Sorry, it was uh, Dan Castellaneta. He does the oh, that's does right. the voiceover opening narration. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, so but also qualifies. Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. There's a there's a plethora out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Watch going through their IMDb is a lot of fun. There's a whole host of things you never knew about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, go check that out. patreoncom slash studios. Uh, otherwise, I think that yeah, about does it for us today. Mm. Uh, once again, thank you so much for being on the pod, Mia. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. And BT, thank you as well. Ahoy, hoy. And I've been your host, Elliot Neal. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can also check out our other shows, like Pulp Fury Radio, our scripted fiction podcast, which tells all original stories across a range of pulp genres, and Thrones of Game, where we review Game of Thrones in reverse order. Links to those podcasts and more will be available in the show notes. Now there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.